violence becomes more powerful than justice, and fear becomes more powerful than hope, and all the meanings have changed, and the hero will emerge. Everybody, you are listening and watching to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host Andrew Benjamin. My co-host partner Jay Christian Gary is in parts unknown right now. Uh, he is incognito. I have no idea where he is. But uh, with us, we have a very special guest. We have the Walking Weapon, Josh Alexander, who will be competing at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport on October 11th. Uh, you can see the show on Fight TV, and he's wrestled for AAW, Ring of Honor, Impact. Uh, I, I can't think of a place, it's, it's more, I'm try, I think you've wrestled almost everywhere, to some degree, uh, it's, I'm trying to think of a place where you have not wrestled at this point, but you've wrestled almost everywhere, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, appreciate you taking your time out to talk to us, Josh, appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here, uh, I'm pretty sure it's, like, everywhere but GCW and WWE right now, so. Okay, so it's a very small list, it's a very, very small list at this point. That's all going to change October 11th. So. Oh, yes, yes. So just curious to know, just tell us about how you've been uh, during, doing during this whole pandemic. Um, how you've been coping? As good as can be, as good as anybody is. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to go And, uh, yeah, so I, I gotta give credit to Impact. They put on some really great shows. Uh, I guess you could call it the pandemic era of wrestling. They put on some really, really great shows, and they've really adapted very well to the whole no-audience setting. Um, yeah, they, they, they really have done very well. So, uh, yeah, congrats to them for, for for doing great, doing great work. Um, so, so it's a weird time that we're all going to look back on, mm-hmm. and we're going to, like, tell our kids about it one day, like, we had to shut down the world for nearly a year or two years or however long it's going to take. And, like, just to say that you, like, you were still doing your job during that time and you could show them, you know, this mm-hmm. is going to be a lot of history. So it's, it's, it's nuts. But, like, everybody has to adapt and keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Out of all the matches you've had uh, in Impact during the pandemic era, which one are you, which one are you most happy or proud of? I would probably say the first Motor City Machine Guns versus the North match, the one where we lost the, the belt. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the best one. It's, uh, but like, I, I would rank the tag match against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callan out there as well, because that was live for people, which is a different vibe altogether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what do you think about the whole no audience, um, aspect? Uh, is that something you had to get used to, uh, when it first happened, or uh, did you, did you enjoy it? Was it something that, uh, you enjoy the challenge of, of not having that energy from the audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm into, like, having challenges and a little bit of pressure. 
pressure put on me. So this is like been a whole, I'm not going to say it's a new thing because I've had the good fortune or misfortune of wrestling in front of nearly no fans on a lot of indie shows over the past 16 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a wrestling trainer, I, I spent a year doing practice matches with my students in front of nobody. So there's a, there's a certain pace and a cadence to a professional wrestling match that after getting so much experience, it's just like muscle memory, you know it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not as much of a challenge as much as it is a challenge to get yourself hyped up and a little bit of adrenaline in that situation when you don't have a live crowd to perform in front of. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, well, you'll be wrestling in front of an audience this time with uh, Josh Barnett Bloodsport. Uh, your opponent will be Davy Boy Smith Jr. Um, are you familiar with uh, D.B. Smith Jr.? Um, you know, what do you think of him as a wrestler? I'm very familiar with him. My, uh, my trainer trained in the Heart Dungeon, and he was a class or two before Davy Boy Smith Jr. and TJ and Natty all came in started training but they were obviously around there as young younger people like mm-hmm. they were probably like 12 years old when he trained but uh i i followed everything from the canadian independent scene since i started 16 years ago mm-hmm. i'm very invested in the canadian independent wrestling scene and Danny boy smith coming out of calgary representing canada all over the world he's been like one of the top names that came out of canada so i followed his career pretty closely mm-hmm. and uh I, I, I'm excited to get in the ring with him. It's the first time we've ever had a singles match. Uh, I've been on shows with him before. We've interacted, but I've never had this opportunity. And uh, I'm pretty happy that Josh Burnett picked one of the biggest challenges to give me on my first blood sports show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you feel? Uh, you know, this is gonna be your first blood sports show. So it's it's knockout submission, or if it goes uh, thirty minutes or fifteen minutes or however long the time limit is, it's a draw. How do you feel that this is a? Uh, as far as I know, this might is it the first time you've ever been a wrestling match where it's those kind of stakes that's the only way you can finish? Yeah, it, it definitely is the first time, but it's something I've been itching to do for like 10 years now. I remember when Evolve first started, they were talking about doing win-loss records and having it be the sport of professional wrestling. It, it, what they were describing was something that I think blood sport is now, but then by the time I saw Evolve, it didn't really seem to be anything more than just another indie show with a couple guys that could be that style, but mixed in, but it really wasn't what I imagined it would be until I saw Bloodsport, where they had the no ropes, and it had that Kumite Mortal Kombat factors to it, mm-hmm. that I really got excited, and I was just like, I, I need to be a part of this, like, from Matt Riddle's Bloodsport to Josh Barnett's, I, I've watched all of them, and I've been jealous that I haven't been able to be a part of them, and I'm just really, really pumped that I get to show what I can do now, because I'm, I'm someone that really, over the past 16 years, like, hammer at home like every time i step in the ring i want people to know that this is a contest i want people to walk away from my match and i've always said it like i'm not going to sell tickets for the kids i'm the one that's going to make the father that brings his son to the show come back because every time he's in the crowd he sees me wrestle he goes holy shit that guy's hit that guy for real i there's no way you can fake that and like that's the thing i want to do when i wrestle so that's what blood sport is so if i'm going to challenge myself to go to a different level like that this is the perfect place to do it well, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you talked about, and uh, we earlier talked to Alexander James uh, about, about that, uh, just like, it's it's four or five years ago, uh, you're, the, the type of style that, that Bloodsport emulates, a lot of the wrestlers who wrestle that type of style, that wasn't a thing kind of like four or five years ago. There was kind of just like this, I guess, fast-paced, 
action-oriented, move, 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 off the top rope, off the top rope type of style that was kind of like all over the indie scene. But now, it's almost as if everything has been done. So now it's kind of going back to its pro wrestling, pro wrestling is going back to its pro wrestling roots. Do you see that happening with the indie scene where it's just kind of, it's kind of like, since everything was done, now it's becoming simple, it's becoming the the, the way that indie wrestling is going. I, I get I get what you're trying to say here, and I think I disagree. Mm. I agree in the sense that this stuff that's happening now is making return by this is what makes the fans most interested or really catches the fans' attention because they're they're so over like saturated in wrestling with that high flying style with those dives with like you know everybody's a cruiserweight now pretty much mm. and everybody wrestles like a cruiserweight and it's it's them trying to one up each other and like I get in a ring, I'm not gonna do a four fifty or shooting star press. So like I concentrate on making that punch or these forearms really like hit home so people get invested in my match and like try to add different storytelling that way. But like when I got into wrestling, it was like nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, when I was like ten years old. And then I fell out of wrestling a little bit, but then I discovered TNA when it first started through that I found like Loki, Samoa Joe, and these are guys that I think really were like trailblazers to bring this style back. And through them, I found Ring of Honor, and through Ring of Honor, I found Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness, and all these guys that like they had like a mixture of MMA before anybody else really did in pro wrestling. And it's it's spurring the careers of people like Zack Saber Jr. and Kyle O'Reilly and all these guys that kind of mix whether it be jujitsu or kickboxing or something in with their style, and it's a more hard hitting style. And I think it's just, like, gone through the years. There's these guys that are really good at it and have perfected it. But it's guys, like, I think it was people like Loki and Samoa Joe that really, you know, brought it through that back after the 90s when, you know, everybody was just more interested in something else, a different style. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, you uh, did you say you're a wrestler, uh, you're a trainer yourself now? Um, do, you, do, you do, do you train students right now? Uh, I had a school in Canada for, last year i shut it down right before covid just because i was so busy uh-huh. and like my my whole year was book solid and i knew i wouldn't have time to see my kids if i had the school open so i shut it down and then a week later the the, the worldwide shutdown happened the world stopped spinning so mm-hmm. i was just lucky timing wise that i had close enough when i did i'm curious to know have you ever had to tell students you know that maybe want to do too much in a ring you know slow down Keep it, keep it simple. As it, you know, the old saying, keep it simple, stupid. Have you ever had to tell students that because, you know, they kind of want to do all that stuff while you're trying to teach them just basic fundamentals of, of pro wrestling? Every single day. Anytime I would have a new student start, the first thing they want to learn is a power bomb or they want to get up on the top rope and jump off. And my school was run the same way I was trained, which was very strict. Hmm. And you have to learn how to walk or crawl before you can walk and then walk before you can run. And if you can't crawl, you're not going to start learning how to walk. You're certainly not going to start learning how to run. Like basic fundamentals are everything. And I'm not even talking about like, like a punch or a kick. I'm talking about a lockup or a hold or even just your footwork as you circle the ring. Like that's the most important part. Because if you look at the basis of any of the great professional wrestlers, and I could list them all from like, my personal favorite being like Fit Finley and Eddie Guerrero and the list goes on. But like, there's no holes in their game because they're so good at all the basics.
basics, and, like, once you have the basics, everything else falls into place. And, like, that's one thing that I think is, like, sorely lacking in professional wrestling now. You have a lot of guys that can come in and they can do a standing 450 splash or they can run the ropes and do all these crazy gymnastics, which is fantastic. But then they can't do a lockup that's going to convince anybody they're locked up. So, like, I think it's very important because the first thing you see in a match is a lockup or circling the ring to, like, have a contest. And if you can't convince people you're having a contest, then you're not really convincing them trying to suspend that disbelief from a wrestling match. So it really doesn't matter what you do later on. Mm-hmm. With, the, well, with schools, you know, you brought up the Heart Dungeon before, also uh, your school as well. I'm just curious to know, do you think that's that's going to be a detriment maybe 20 years from now in the pro wrestling world? Because I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, you know, who would be, who can, like, teach that stuff? And I can't think of a lot of people that can, as opposed to maybe 30 years ago. So do you think that's going to, that's going to, that could be a negative impact on the pro wrestling world? Let's go back to your bus board uh, match. So, uh, how do you prepare for a match like this, where you know it's knockout or submission? Do you, do you, do you, uh, especially uh, you have a uh, an amateur background? Do you, I mean, uh, do you take, do you see to take the fight to the ground? Do you want to keep it standing? How do you wanna, how do you foresee the fight going uh, to your, uh, to your uh, success? stronger than me, he's bigger, so like, 
I'm not going to roll around the ground with them because I'm going to get trapped. So I'm gonna, mm. I'm like, I have to be smart, but I, I'm sure at the end of the day it's going to come down to how much heart I have because I'm just going to have to outlast him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for anybody who... Which is... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say it's, it's exciting for me because I, I like competition. I don't mind getting hit. And I, I part of my thing is like I want to see how hard I get hit and keep going because I haven't found that guy that can stop me yet. Mm-hmm. As many of times as I've been in the ring with some of the best in the world. So it, it's going to be interesting to plug the work. Mm-hmm. And just for anybody who wants to know how tough you are, they should... Uh... They should look up the story, uh, well, what happened to you when you were Ring of Honor, where you broke your neck, I believe, in the tag match, and then, but you still continue the match, I believe, right? I think that's how, how, how it went? Yeah, both, both neck injuries happened in matches, and I've never, I've never called a match early, ever. I tore my pec in a match at the start of the match, and I wrestled for 20 minutes. I tore my bicep in a match. Halfway through, I finished the match. I, I've... Stopping a match has never been an option for me. Like I've always been pretty good at recognizing, yeah, I'm hurt, but I can keep going. And like knock on wood, there's never been anything that's completely kept me out of it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just I, I kind of embrace like that's what pro wrestling is to me. My heroes, like I don't think Fit Finley would stop a match because he tore his bicep if he could still move his arm. Mm. You know what I mean? So like I'm starting to. I'm always trying to like be like my heroes, and like it's just maybe it's stubborn, maybe it's stupid, but you know, call me stubborn and stupid, and I'm gonna keep doing it. It's working cool. for me so far. Mm-hmm. Do you know? So, in these matches, did you know you were injured, or was this something that you discovered after the fact? After you know the match is over, the adrenaline had wore off, um, or did you know, like in the middle of the match, oh god, yeah, I tore my my pack. Um, better keep going. somewhere but like I threw a clothesline I hit the guy and you see my arm fall and you see me start rubbing my chest and I look down and like if I don't know if you can see it there's been a hole here mm-hmm. and I saw the hole and I went I tore my pack and I was like well we got 20 minutes left and like my bicep same thing I don't know if you can see there's a giant space here mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I tore my bicep and I was like oh I gotta get in the ring because I know there's a springboard Hoda Karana coming and if I'm not there for it he's not gonna be able to do anything and there's other people relying on me, so I t- took it with one arm and, like, moved on with the match. Like, I, I've always worked around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just curious to know, does, does anything... Like, it, go... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say... Does... I, I... You're the guest. You go first. <laughs> no, like, pain... Pain isn't... A, like, I know I'm in pain. I've been in the most excruciating pain any human can feel. I crushed a vertebrae in my neck, which takes all the nerves and smashes them together smashing the most important nerves in your body together and I was in excruciating pain for two and a half weeks before the nerves died so going through that now like tearing my pack was literally nothing in comparison so like after like it's just it's just not gonna stop mm-hmm. and it's curious you know do you communicate that to either the referee or to your tag partner or maybe even to the opponents and do you or do you just keep it to yourself just you know don't change anything, you know, as a match goes on, uh, so that, you know, it may, because, you know, if you tell, if, if that gets, if word gets out during the match, something may have, you know, they, the match could become slower, it could lose the momentum, so I'm just curious, do you, do you keep it to yourself when, when those injuries happen, just so it doesn't interrupt the flow of the match? 
I turn around, he turns into the cage, and like I turn my bicep, and he goes, "Oh, oh shit, what are we gonna do?" I'm like, "I'll be fine, don't worry about it." And like, but like in the the pet care, it was a singles match, and I knew I didn't want to tell my opponent because I didn't want him to worry about it because I knew I could get through the match, mm-hmm. and there was nothing that was gonna stop me because like every time I step foot in the ring, I want to have the best match on that show. I want to have the very best match I can have, and like it's like stubborn or stupid, like I don't want to. Take away that opportunity for myself by like ruining it, saying, "Hey, I'm hurt. Let's just like go home early." Because every time I step foot in the ring, that's an opportunity for me to create something. That's like where I get the juice mm-hmm. for like my whole reason for living. Like wrestling saved my life. This is like all I feel like I'm good at. This is all I've ever wanted to do. This is the only thing that's fulfilled me. So like, I'm not gonna take it away just because I have a little bit of pain. I'm always gonna go for broke every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked a lot of the uh, competitors last year about this, and uh, I believe it was Jordan Grace who uh, who posted on Twitter that she considers wrestling an art and not a sport. I just want to know, not necessarily that if you disagree with her or agree with her, but just what wrestling is to you. Do you consider it a sport? Do you consider art? A little bit of both? Or is it something entirely different? Uh, I consider it, yes, um, like a little bit of both. I'm not going to argue with people that come up to me and ask me if it's real or fake or anything like that. I'm not going to get offended by how they talk about professional wrestling because everyone can have their opinion and they're entitled to it. Uh, as far as like Jordan Grace and other people calling themselves performance artists rather than professional wrestlers, that's where I took a little bit of offense. And I and in AEW, after I won the Jim Lineman Memorial Cup, I stood in the ring, I, gave, I honored the man that passed away and the reason for the tournament. And I looked at Eddie Kingston, who I just wrestled for 25 minutes, and I said, there's a lot of people calling themselves performance artists out there in the world, and I think it's doing a disservice to all people like me and Eddie Kingston because we're fucking professional wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think people like my heroes, like I just talked about, would want to disgrace themselves by calling them anything but professional wrestlers. Like, it's, it's a, like, to nitpick it and try to say you're something else just because you think wrestling's different, like, this is what it's been forever. So why, what's a difference than a professional wrestler? You want to call yourself an actor just just because you want to be different? I don't understand it. It, it makes no difference. We're all the same thing. But you just want to call yourself something else for kicks. Like, I don't think they actually believe. I was going to ask, like, why you think that they would... In, I'm not gonna. It's very hard. I want to ask it in a way, but I don't also want you to put some words in somebody else's head or uh, uh, coming out of their mouth when they're not saying it. But I'm just, I'm just curious to know why you think somebody would would pref- would prefer to call themselves a performance artist and not special wrestling. I guess that, that's that whole thing: sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. But at least we kind of know why WWE does that. They have a reason. But when it comes to performance artists, you know, you kind of think of like I don't know the whatever the thing the guy who does. This on the street or a juggler, the yeah, the mind. That's it, the mind or a juggler, fire eater. You know, that to me is performance art. But I'm just trying to. Why do you think someone would would rather prefer that term than a pro wrestler? Do you think that pro wrestling has a negative connotation to it? When I guess to to some people, or do you, is it just not as marketable? Maybe. probably hit the nail on the head with the uh, like the marketable thing or it has a bad connotation to it or something like that but to me it's like I think it's just that they they don't want to 
say this is a sport because it's not a real competition at the end of the day. Like, the cat's out of the bag. Vince McMahon said it in the early 90s in a courtroom in New York City. Like, this is predetermined. So we're not really competing for a winner's purse or anything like that. But like, that doesn't change what the job is, what the title of the job is. It doesn't have to. And, like, it didn't change immediately then, but now, some 30 years later, people want to call themselves performance artists instead because we're not really competing. No, but we, our job is to give the illusion of competition. And that's what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is suspending everybody's disbelief and thought of sitting there because everybody that shows up to a wrestling show, for the most part, knows what the trick is. But they don't want you to give it to them. They don't want you to show them the trick. They want you to skillfully. Like, I know magic is fake. I know that, like, Buddy with the cards is just, like, sticking it to his hand or doing something, you know what I mean? But I, I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I want to be fooled because I want to I have the illusion. And I think wrestling fans are the exact same. So why, why would a magician change his name to, you know, like, I'm a trickster or something just because that's what he's actually doing? Like, that's the disagreement I have with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what a... Um... Uh, one, one of the last points I have before we just go back into the Bloodsport show, uh, the same the same week you're going to have uh, a whole bunch of other shows. I'm just curious to know, are you actually r- wrestling on any other shows that week for the collective? Yeah, I'm Black Label. I'm wrestling Layla Hirsch. <laughs> ah. I have another intergender, intergender match at Freelance. I'm challenging for their championship against Kylie Ray. And I have a tag match at Glory Pro, myself and Ethan Page in the North against uh, Alex Zane and Blake Christian. Okay, so okay, it's gonna be a stacked weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm very actually. I mean, the you just mentioned. Um, I guess uh, are you okay with intergender matches? I know it's like a hot topic among wrestling fans. It seems like there's no middle ground. People love it or hate it. Uh, I, I'm guessing that you uh, you you see it as a as a as a positive part of the sport. Unless I'm wrong, feel 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 free to correct me. So are those are those matches gonna be after Bloodsport or before Bloodsport? Bloodsport's my final show of the weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so then those shows are probably happening on Thursday or Friday, I believe. I think, right? Or maybe early uh, in the day? I think well Bloodsport's a Sunday, right? Uh I, I, I have it on my calendar as a Saturday, October eleventh. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. Uh I have two both those intergender matches are on Friday. 
I apologize. I'm so sorry. Uh, Sunday, October 11th. My apologies. My apologies. Read my oh, calendar okay, off. Okay. <laughs> Both fighters are in the match this Saturday, and the tag match is Sunday morning, and then Blood Sports is the like 5 p.m. slot, right? Yeah, so yeah. Later on Sunday. I have no shows on the Friday. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, actually, so about that, so with Blood Sport being your last show, obviously you would want. I mean, you're going to be already wrestling a number of matches. So, just like, how do you, like, just pace yourself, no, just so you don't come into uh, blood. I know, you, yeah, you, you're used to dealing with injuries uh, in your in, in your matches, but ideally, you want to come in probably as close to 100% for blood sport, especially with Davy Boy Smith Jr. You don't want to go go in there 70% because then it could be possibly a short night uh, with them. So, how do you with the other matches? Do you how do you plan to pace yourself so that Yes, yeah, you can basically, I guess, survive the week to make it to Bloodsport in the end, and hopefully get you know probably what will be the big one of the biggest wins of your career. Well, my moniker, the Walking Weapon, was given to me by Ethan Page because I, I I'm not going to pace myself. I never <laughs> I never pace myself. I'm too stupid or stubborn not to. Uh, but it's because he books Alpha One Wrestling in Canada and. For the better part of a year, I was double champion on his show, and I defended both belts every single show. And then he'd have a tournament, and I would be the guy that goes from the opening round all the way to the finals, whether I win or lose. And I've like I've done probably forty tournaments, and that's the way I do it. I'm, I'm used to wrestling several times in one day. Mm. Is what I'm saying, and I never pace myself. Like I, I would be like it would be hard to say that somebody else works harder than me at like cardio and everything else. So persevering past like a few bumps and bruises and some soreness, like that's not gonna be a problem. I'd like to say I'm ready. Okay. I, I have to be confident enough to say I'm ready. I'm definitely not gonna pace myself though. And actually, speaking of tournaments, um, Bloodsport earlier this year, uh, for the whole COVID fucked up everything, they were gonna have the Gok Robinson uh, tournament. Uh, curious to know if they they bring that back. You wanna be a part of that? That being said, I, I know you mentioned uh, the uh, show that you're working on that week uh, for the collective, and also for Black Label and for Glory Pro. Uh, do you have any uh, other shows coming up in the future that you can mention? We obviously you have your stuff of Impact, but anything else that you can uh, talk about uh, currently? I better ask as well because if I don't, he's gonna be really pissed off. Uh, one of our listeners, Gentleman's Combat, on Twitter has been asking of this for all of our people we've asked, uh, we've been talking to for Bloodsport. If you have been watching any Volcon matches to prepare for Bloodsports.
question for you. But then, you know, I'm obviously in there with somebody that trying to suplex him is going to be way more difficult than, you know, a homicide or somebody else. Uh-huh. So we'll see. Plus, also, he's one of the most influential... I'm out the backdrop. He's one of the most influential no, pro wrestlers. He's one, he's indirectly one of the most influential pro wrestlers of all time since they named the uh, Street Fighter character after him. So, you know, he, he's... No, in terms of, like, notoriety, he's actually... I think I can make an argument he's up there with, like, Rock, Stone Cold because everybody knows who Zangief from Street Fighter is. And if you go, like, oh, no, it's based on Victor Zangief from UWFI, they'll be like, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, but nobody knows who he is. Like, I know, it's... it's I was just saying, I'm throwing my back and chest there, and boy, I just... <laughs> Maybe you can use that during the match, you know, if, if he if he tries to, uh, if he tries to do, like, a, uh, a hip toss on you from the back, just rub that, rub that hair on the back, and, you know, maybe, maybe that, that could, uh, momentarily get him off his game. It's Velcro for the belly-to-belly, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um... Right. Also, right now, uh, uh, for Impact, uh, where c- how can uh, people? It's on Access TV uh, every Tuesday, I believe, right? Tuesday nights at eight o'clock is uh, on Access TV in America, Fight Network in Canada, and it's live on Twitch. If you have internet, you okay. can watch Impact for free every Tuesday night if you have none of those channels. Because I remember I heard the Twitch channel got suspended for a while. I think it got suspended momentarily, so I wasn't so sure if they were still doing Twitch. Because Twitch is a... I have friends who stream on Twitch, and Twitch, is, Twitch can be a nightmare sometimes. So I wasn't so sure if they were still on Twitch. They were suspended for a week because of uh, a nipple slip that occurred. So. Trust me, I don't know if you ever go on Twitch. If you ever go on Twitch, there's some uh, camp video, video game girls... Gamer girls who show a lot more, so I'm not surprised that they would get mad at, at a little nipple slip on a wrestling show. Um, also, before you go, I just want to give you an opportunity uh, to say whatever you want to about uh, to Davy Boy Smith Jr. in case he ever listens to this audio about your match coming up at Bloodsport. Floor is yours. It is a unique family, uh, wrestling family to be a part of. Not everybody gets to go to Bloodsport. So, it's kind of like, kind of like uh, it's a Mount Rushmore for some people who we talk to because it's just very unique. Uh, yeah. And I also want to give you an opportunity. one of them, absolutely. I also want to give you an opportunity to plug all of your social media, Pro Wrestling Tees, Teesprings, or anything else anything else that you can plug. Uh, floor is yours. Yeah, it's just at walking underscore weapon on Twitter and Instagram through that. My bios, you can find my Teesprings, which, uh, you know, there's a bunch of designs. And uh, just keep following my career support. I appreciate it all. Mm-hmm. And everybody can check out Josh Alexander versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. at Bloodsport, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, October 11th. Uh, and you can watch on Fight.tv. Price is nineteen ninety nine, And you can also see uh, Josh uh, wrestle for Glory Pro, uh, 
Freelance. Uh, you said Freelance or Black Label Pro? I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, both. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, both uh, Black Label Pro and Freelance. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of wrestling. And check out those shows along with the Bloodsport Show on Fight TV. And, Josh, thank you so much for uh, taking your time out to talk to us. Uh, it's going to maybe be the most hard-hitting match of the uh, show. Um, so it's definitely going to be a barn burner, as they say, in, uh, on commentary and wrestling. Yes, and uh, we certainly are, and thank you so much for taking your time out to talk to us about it. Take care.